G'day, Joshua. How are you? Very good, thank you, Tyler. How are you? Mate, I am so bloody good right now. Feeling, Euphoric? Feeling real good. Yeah? A bit relieved as well? Oh, immensely relieved. <laughs> Relief has never been higher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Relief levels are high. Excitement levels are through the roof. Because this week on the mm-hmm. on the show, on Innuendo, we were joined by... Tyler, how would you introduce this man? God, there's so many ways you could introduce him as I just shuffle through the papers here. Yep, very professional. We are joined by a three-time Melbourne Cup winner, a, a Cox Plate winner, Caulfield Cup winner, Golden Slipper winner. Australian Racing Hall of Fame. He's won eight Scobie Breezley medals, which is the annual Jockeys Award presented by Racing Victoria. Think of it as the, the Brownlow medal for, for jockeys. And he's also uh, ridden over 100 Group 1 victories, which certainly um, needs to be mentioned as well. We are joined by champion jockey Damien Oliver in this week's podcast. That is big. That is, like, what a rap sheet that this man has. That is huge. And he is, he's spared... Um, huge if true. Huge, hu- huge and true. Huge and true. Huge and true. Because um, we've just recorded it. Trust us, it's an amazing episode. Um, such a uh, such a great man. He, he spared a little bit of time out of his busy schedule. He's, he was off to the races tomorrow. It was a huge honour to talk with Damien Oliver. Uh, I hope you get a lot out of this episode. We absolutely loved it. This is Damien Oliver on Innuendo. One of the greatest jockeys ever. Damien Oliver is joining us on the podcast today and Damien, welcome to Innuendo and thank you for joining us. Thanks for having us on guys. No problem at all, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, h- how you been? Um, you mentioned uh, you- you've had a-, a pretty big day and um, I believe it's school holidays, uh, what have you been up to? Yeah, I was track work at Flemington this morning and um, then I took my son out fishing so we've, we've had a big day, yeah it's been really good. <laughs> And now you got to bloody well talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds great, Damien. How's the family going? Uh, you've got a you've got a few children. I'm sure they're keeping you busy during the school holidays. Yeah, yeah. Well, my daughter's sort of uh, I don't know. They seem to want to do their own thing a little bit these days. I've got a, a daughter in year twelve and another daughter in um, year nine as well. And it's actually um, my wife and myself's uh, wedding anniversary today. So oh, lovely. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, pretty. Uh, Pretty quiet night, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm glad we get to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, gee whiz. Uh, um, so, middle of winter currently, uh, just under a month left of the Victorian racing season. Um, how's life going at the moment as a jockey in Victoria? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's been a sort of long season, it's getting towards the end of the year, and uh, I'm usually on holidays at this time of year, but with um, with COVID, it's a bit hard to plan to get away. And, uh, yeah, so I've just been sneaking in a few little games of golf and a bit of fishing today. So um, back at races tomorrow and um, I'll probably continue to work through the season again. Fantastic. Um, yeah, so how's the last 12 months been? Obviously, COVID's uh, gripped the world and you you felt it in Victoria more than what we've felt it over here in South Australia. But how much of a, you know, how good is it that racing has been able to continue as one of the very few sports throughout the world? Yeah, I feel it's been really important. Obviously, you know, there's, there's de- many different facets to the racing industry, but the uh, the forefront is obviously the horse welfare, you know, and they're, they're creatures of uh, habit who need to be fed, trained and exercised on a, on a regular basis. And um, 
So whether racing continued or not, that needed to continue and, and the fact that it could and, and that the horses were still able to race for prize money, which is, um, you know, obviously really important for owners out there. The You know, there's a lot of mums and dads and big syndicates that own horses and it's important to um, the horses be able to race for prize money because it's obviously very expensive to get them trained. And not only that, it's um, kept a lot of people in work. Um, it's a huge employer of the mm. nation and uh you know so there's many different facets from it and you could even go to the point of um keeping um people occupied at home during COVID as far as something to watch and, and bet on as well so you know it's a it's a big circle and it's um we're pretty grateful that it's been able to continue yeah and you've been um racing for 30 years now um you know you're still enjoying it that that life as a jockey yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, it's like any job. It has its moments where it um, can be a bit of a grind, but um, I still think, um, you know, count my blessings that I'm still be able to go and do a job that's quite exciting and you get rewarded well for and um, you work with animals and you're outdoors and uh, you meet a lot of interesting people as well. So, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, you've got to count yourself pretty lucky that you've, you've got a job that's pretty different like that every day. Mm. I, yeah, I don't think people realise how demanding and and dangerous the life of a jockey is um and it's certainly one of the most dangerous sports in the world you have to ride light so there's a lot of taxing times um on your body and i've seen it firsthand of course uh damien you and my my old man are, are friends and um have ridden together over the years so um i've certainly seen my my father jeff go through it um how have you fared throughout your career with those demands regarding weight and um I guess, early mornings and, and the pressure of the industry. Yeah, that, well, that's all part of it. Um, you know, as you said, it's, it can be a dangerous sport. There's not too many people that go to work most days at, and, you know, travel around at 60-odd kilometres with an ambulance chasing them around to work every day. Mm. But uh, if you manage to stay on the horse, it's, um, <laughs> you know, it, it can be quite quite lucrative. Um, you know, I've had some quite serious injuries throughout my career. I've broken my spine, um, had four vertebrae four vertebrae fused um, from my, in my thoracic spine. Um, so, and, you know, I've, I've, I've lost a brother and a father to um, serious accidents that lost their lives. So, you know, it's, it's never too far from away from you. And, um, you know, it's one of those things when you're out there riding amongst one another, you've got to have a, a lot of faith in each other. And while it's really competitive, um, you still have to look out for one another as well. Mm. So are you, are you obviously you're obviously competing when you're racing, but is it quite a tight knit community the racing one and and you guys are amongst jockeys, Damien? Yeah, it certainly is. You know, especially um, you know when there's uh, when something goes wrong. You know, there's I don't I've not experienced a um, a sport where they get around one another so much. So it's um, yeah, it is. I mean, you're getting up at early hours of the morning on a regular basis, and um, you know, particularly jockeys where we're losing weight a lot of the time um together so uh yeah it's it's quite a unique uh industry from that perspective for sure yeah definitely um so you've been in in um around horses your whole life how did it how did it start for you obviously came from a, a racing family how'd you get into it yeah i did i'm a um third generation jockey um, my father and grandfather were both uh jockeys in perth and um was never far away from me although i enjoyed a lot of other sports growing up um, yeah, I was probably, you know, rode horses from a pretty young age and, uh, it probably wasn't until my brothers started having success a few years older than me that, that really, uh, 
it, it captured me and that and that's when I went in that direction. You've obviously had an unbelievable amount of success in the saddle and I know you're a very a very humble man so um, don't mean to, to embarrass you here in any way but um, you've won three Melbourne Cups, you've had over 100 Group 1 victories and, and most jockeys never win one Group 1 in their career. Uh, are you proud of the success that that you've achieved in your career? Yeah, I certainly am. Um, you know, there's been a, a lot of hard work over a long period of time, but I've, a lot of enjoyment as well. And, um, you know, I'm quite a competitive person and, um, and that's probably what um, keep, keeps inspiring me to, to continue to want to do well. I, you know, I feel like I, w- I still want to do it at a high level. If I, if I can't do it at a high level, then I'm not sure that I'd, I'd probably want to continue doing it as, so much. So, when I'm when I'm into something, I'm I'm all in kind of thing. That's not something I feel I could do um, uh, on, a, on a part-time basis, so to speak. So it's uh, mm. you know that's the way I look at it. And you know when when my time does come, I'll, I'll probably just I'll just walk away from it. Yeah. How hard have you had to to work in your career to to get to where you are now? Um, oh yeah, obviously really hard um, over a long period of time. But I think as you get older, you get a bit wiser and. and and what work you need to do and, you know, for the right people that you work with, surround yourself by the good people that are going to reward you and, um, you know, you still have to work hard for them and, and, and get the, the rewards in return. But as you get older, you just get a little bit better at probably managing your routine and your mm. your um, uh, your workload um, that, that suits you as, you as you get a bit older and a bit wiser as well. Certainly. So, um, how did your professional career start, Damien? Um, who who was your who'd you apprentice with? Um, yeah, nineteen eighty eight, I believe it was. That's right. And I started my apprenticeship with my stepfather in Perth, Lindsay Rudland, and um, yep. I rode in Perth for about fifteen months, and then I got an opportunity to come over to join the Freedman Stable in Melbourne, and and then I came over to Melbourne, left home as a sixteen year old, and and moved to Melbourne. How big of a step was that as a sixteen year old um, moving? <laughs> Literally across the country. Yeah, how was how was that experience? Yeah, it was pretty big, I suppose. I look back at it now, and I just couldn't imagine my kids leaving home at sixteen, going to the other side of the country. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Look, it was. I suppose time was a bit different back then, but it's just just what you did. Yeah. And was your brother along for the ride um, at that point? Were you training alongside him, or um, how, how did that relationship work when you were? Yeah, um, he was training? a few years older than me. He. Um, he was successful in Perth before me. He actually came to Melbourne a few years before me and um, got a bit homesick but came home and then that was where how, uh, I made the connection to come over to, to Melbourne uh, after him. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and I, I guess you've been in it for, for so long now, but, um, you know, how has your relationship with with being a jockey changed? Do you still feel the pressure or have you always been a, um, a really relaxed guy? How have you, you know, how have you performed on the bigger stage personally? Oh, yeah, if, you know, you, you perform differently at different stages, I suppose, what's going on in your life. And But I, I've always found the more time you put yourself in a, a high-pressure situation, the better you get to deal with it. And, um, you know, I've always found, you know, there's always nerves. I felt if you don't have nerves, then it doesn't mean enough to you. But as you know, like, long as you don't let those nerves overcome you and, and let you make poor decisions, I felt once I get on the horse, I feel more relaxed and, and, uh, and feel more comfortable then. In, in doing what I'm doing. Certainly. And how was your career um, trajectory, I suppose? Um, you know, when did you start building up those those really solid rides as, a, as an apprentice? And, and, you know, when did you start getting those results and getting those bigger bigger races? 
Yeah, it was probably pretty early in my career. I was probably around, um, let's say, 18, 17 or 18. It was a long time ago. I'm not sure, but around 18. Um, you know, riding for a big stable like the Freedmans, I, I, I had some um, great opportunities early and was able to capitalise on some of them. Um, but it wasn't all smooth sailing. I had some ups and downs and, mm. um, we, you know, I didn't, you know, we probably didn't always uh, didn't always work out perfectly. And but that's that's part of uh, the journey. And um, you know, you, you overcome those those bad stages and, and get back to you know where you want to be and back to the top. We're a winner of the biggest races in Australia. You've won the Cox Plate, the Caulfield Cup, the Golden Slipper. So you've got like racing's Grand Slam when you when you put them alongside the Melbourne Cup. I'd love to I'd love to chat about your um your three Melbourne Cup victories. Uh, obviously, Doremus was the the first one in 1995, and a media puzzle 2002. We know the the emotion um, surrounding surrounding that victory. Uh, Fiorente in 2013. How much does the Melbourne Cup mean to you? Oh, it's it's obviously the biggest race in Australia, and um, it's you know it's it's not called the race that stops a nation for no reason. It's uh, it's a race that everyone really takes notice of racing. You could win every other race and but win the Melbourne Cup, it really does change your life. So it opens up a lot of opportunities for you, not only in Australia but worldwide as well. And um, you know it's the race that any kid that comes into the industry wanting to be a jockey dreams of first riding in and then winning. So for me to win it in 95 as a 23-year-old, I think I came second in the previous year. Um, so it was, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was fantastic, yeah. What makes the Melbourne Cup so special? Because there's just something, something really unique surrounding it. We've, like it's no longer the richest group one in Australia, but it's still it's still like the most important. Um, and what do you think separates the Melbourne Cup from from other races around the world? I guess. Well, it's the history. It's over 150 years of it. It's the race that stops a nation. It's a, it's a handicap. You know, it was in the early years. It was a it was a race that the battler had a chance to win. Um, mm. As the pre- sheer prestige of it, you know, it's a race that everyone recognises. So, um, it's something about that three handled loving cup that. Everyone wants to get their hands on, and uh, you know it's um, if once you win that race, you're a part of the history of the race. Definitely. How far out from the cup do you generally know what horse you're riding? Um, when, when do you commit? I guess. Um, well, usually the better ride, the earlier can it commit, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, it could be up to two or three months before. Sometimes it could be the week before. It just depends on on the circumstances. It can it can change all the time. Um, now you, you've won three, as Tyler said, um, you know, 1995, 2002, which was uh, like one of the, such a, a famous and emotional time, um, in Australian sporting history, I guess. Um, and then 2013, um, you know, is, is there one that really stands out as a special moment? Uh, what was your, your highlight, I guess, in your career, um, in, in the Melbourne cup? Uh, the most memorable, without doubt, would be media puzzles in 2002, losing my brother in the week leading up to it. I mean, they're all pretty special, don't get me wrong. Um, we my first one and then even my, my latest one in, in 13 on uh, Fiorente as well. So, um, but, yeah, that is pretty, it, was, it was difficult to enjoy, obviously, losing my brother in the week of it, but um, the circumstances and the, and the, 
the memory that it left um, for my brother, who was a huge influence on my career, um, was, mm. was obviously really special. But, you know, and, and winning three Melbourne Cups in three different decades, um, I'm, I'm really proud of, of that fact as well. And um, wasn't sure I'd still be riding in the fourth decade, but there's still a chance <laughs> for me hopefully to win another one as well. Uh, here's, yeah. here's hoping. Yeah, obviously you said you start thinking about it months before this Melbourne cup coming up. Have you got, have you got plans? Um, hope, hoping to be involved in that one? Yeah, I'm hoping to be involved in it. Nothing, at, at, nothing uh, definite at this stage. Um, I, I can't really ride much under 54 these days. So I usually wait till the weights come out and then look for a horse that's, you know, sort of got above that weight. So um, that's usually early September. I think that comes out. So I'll have a, a clearer picture then. Now you've ridden some, amazing horses over the journey you've uh you rode northerly scalachi do you have a i mean firstly i guess uh what horse well which horse would you say is the best horse you've ridden over over your career it's really hard to say one i've mm. ridden so many i mean a couple of you mentioned there great horses obviously um testarossa uh patchy cat falvalon fiorente um alingi was another one you're all great horses, um, you know, just but um, really hopefully just looking for the next one. So um, mm. but uh, been really fortunate to have ridden some some wonderful horses throughout my career. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what every jockey wants to do, find that find that really good horse. Do you have a, a personal favourite? Um, yeah, Scalacci was probably one of my favourites. Fiorente was just a beautiful horse to ride. Manor was another one I had a close association. Probably ones with it when you're younger and starting out, with they kind of stick with you a lot more too. Doremus was a beauty. Um, and even the, the short time I had with um, Media Puzzle too, he, he was a cracker mm. too. Alinghi, another favourite. All those ones, they are, you know, they're, they're lovely horses. Yeah, and I mean, you've been in the industry a long time, but but what a what a time to be in the the racing industry and and some of the horses that you've you've seen and I guess ridden against um, and, and ridden on, including um, Winks, Black Caviar and, and Maccabi Diva. Um, you know, how do you reflect on your time in, in such a great time to be in the racing industry? Uh, yeah, those three champions, obviously. You know, I, I did ride Maccabi Diva, not to a win, unfortunately. And for the other two, <laughs> I, I saw plenty of their backside and Winks and um, <laughs> Black Caviar. <laughs> they were, they were uh, you know, really exceptional horses you know they don't come along that often and um you know to string their records together it was just amazing for the trainers and jockeys and and everyone involved to to continue, keep those winning streaks going like they did yeah when you've got when you are racing against such a um a, an amazing horse such as winks or you know black caviar what's your thought process do you just you know obviously you want to beat them but you're, you're aware of them where they are in the in the field at all times yeah, usually um, they're usually so dominant in their races that um, they certainly have a presence of where they are. And, um, you know, good horses like that obviously have a, a knack of getting themselves in good winning positions or getting out of bad winning positions. Um, and, uh, they, you know, they, they just had so much on their rivals that, um, yeah, they were just, just far too good for them. So as we mentioned earlier, 30-plus uh, years now, in the industry firstly uh how passionate are you still uh, about the industry and how long do you think you'll go on for probably a um a difficult question um yeah look i'm still pretty passionate about it um more passionate about it um 
not not so maybe not so passionate in the middle of the winter when you're trudging through <laughs> the wet tracks and the synthetic tracks. But uh, <laughs> as we you know come forward, we're getting close to the, the spring already. The good horses will be back uh, trialing soon, so they're, they're always ones you look forward to. And before mm. we know it, we're back on another spring carnival. So you know that'll that'll come around quick enough, and I'll you know be exciting times again when the weather starts to pick up in Melbourne. But as far as how long I'll go, I'm just I'm really just taking it year by year now at my age, and um, yeah, who, who knows how much how much longer I've got left? I'll just uh, as long as I'm still feeling well, enjoying it, and 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 doing it at a higher level and getting good opportunities. That, that's that's they're, they're the factors that I look at at the moment, and and as long as those are still there, I'll, mm. I'll keep going as long as I can. Do you picture yourself staying yeah, involved in the industry? Like, would you consider training? I'm not sure about training. Um, it's a big commitment, um, mm. you know, uh, but I, I, do, I, I do still want to stay involved in the industry in some way, you know, whether that's the media or as a, um, uh, some kind of racing manager or something like that. Um, yeah, I, I do feel like I'd like to stay a part of it, but I'll, I'll see how that goes when I, when, I, when I do hang the boots up. Mate, what a great show we are in the middle of currently. Uh, you enjoying yourself over there? Very, very much so. And uh, yes, have to thank Damien Oliver for coming on. Go back and have a look at our other episodes. Uh, we've got a few other guests that have joined us throughout the first half of this year. We are the Innuendo podcast. Innuendo, an elusive or oblique remark or hint, typically a suggestive or disparaging one. Let's have a look at that just almost straight from the book. Oh, straight out of the book. I am reading that out. Yeah, that's Absolutely. just the real prim and proper setup that you've gone with there. 100% might have to get that tattooed on my arm just so I don't forget it. Yeah, wow. That would be a very interesting tattoo. <laughs> I, no, I might come out, come back from the break with a just a, what do you reckon, a, a forearm tattoo? Just a sleeve. Yep, a sleeve. Imagine yep. that. I've, I've never seen a man more unfitting of a sleeve. <laughs> I won't be getting a sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> you can rule that out right now. Just get a neck tattoo with a definition on the side. <laughs> Dustin Martin style. Dustin Martin style. I yes. like it. I could probably pull that off. Nah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Very similar humans, me and Dusty. Not even entertaining the idea. <laughs> All mm. right. Back to Damien. I'd love to um, just chat a little bit more about, I guess, your personal life, uh, especially your um, allegiances as far as it comes to footy, because I know you are. An AFL fan, and I, I do know that you're a West Coast Eagles fan. Um, and unfortunately for you, they took on my Sydney Swans on the weekend, and I, I do offer my condolences. Um, how? Uh, what are your thoughts on how the Eagles are travelling at the present oh, time? Not so good. Not so good. Mate. <laughs> I was embarrassing there on Sunday. We were there, and um, uh, yes, yeah, they got a bit of bit of soul searching to do. They got a good team on paper, but not so good on the footy field. So. Uh, mm. Uh, very disappointing. Um, I've got a chance to turn it around still, but they've, they've got a lot of work to do. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the AFL season, who do you who do you who's your tip at this point? It's mm, a good question. Um, Sydney were really good on Sunday, so we didn't offer them much resistance, but they were pretty good. So you got to say they're a chance. Uh, the Bulldogs look pretty good as well. Melbourne were going good. They might just come back to the pack a little bit. Um, and Brisbane are probably good too. So, you know, I, I think the wins are going to come out of that line. You can't really write off Geelong. They're probably there too, maybe. I'm sitting on the fence a bit, but, you know, I think <laughs> one of those is just going to come down to, you know, who has that hot streak in, in, in the finals. So what else do you do away from the racetrack, uh, Damien? Uh, I've, I've heard you're a keen surfer. 
Yeah, I like my surfing and my golf. They're probably my two uh, favourite things to do outside of racing and um, uh, to, to, you know, relax and, and get me away from the horses at, on an on a, on <laughs> occasional basis. Yeah. Well, you'd certainly have the balance for surfing. That's, uh, that's one thing you'd have down pat. Yeah, it's something I've done since I was uh, <laughs> um, probably started when I was about 12 and mm. did it until I was about 15. I started a little bit late, but um, didn't do it much through my apprenticeship and then got back into it after that. So, it's um, yeah, I find it's really good to just take you away from the horses and just uh, uh, clear your head and just relax. And, and, and I think it's important to have that little bit of separation with, with work as well. Mm. Certainly. Um, now, now you mentioned um, to Tyler earlier, you, you don't like talking about yourself and you wanted to keep it nice and snappy tonight, which is completely understandable. Um, but uh, how was the experience basically in the movie, uh, the, the cup? You know, that must have been painstaking <laughs> watching your story for two hours. <laughs> yeah, it was um, one of the funniest things, I've, well, not funniest, but the weirdest thing I've seen. I watched it on a plane with my daughter and watching everyone else watching it on the plane as well. And it was um, it was obviously when it – I had seen it before that time, but um, still pretty raw and emotional watching it. And, um, you know, I, I still get a little upset watching it. And, but watching other people cry a little bit and then me too and before I knew it, the whole plane was bursting out in tears. So <laughs> that, was, uh, that was pretty strange. <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy the, the making of, of the cup? Yeah, I, um, I had a bit to do with the script and the writing of it and then also I was a technical advisor um, with the racing scenes at Flemington as well. So I spent about two or three days out there at Flemington with that. But other than that, the, um, the guys that made the film, uh, Simon Windsor, um, he pretty much um, took care of the rest of it. But it was, um, it was pretty exciting, um, you know, re- recreating the, the racing scenes for it. Very good, Damien. Before we wrap up, we do a little bit of a, a question off with our with our guests. So we have three questions, well, two questions actually, um, followed by something else a bit, a bit more expansive. Um, the first question I have for you is, what's your favourite podcast? Oh, this one, of course, isn't it? <laughs> that's, Absolutely, uh, that that's is the, the answer. correct answer. That, <laughs> that's the only answer. Yeah, you've done very well. That's the answer we seek, and it's the answer we've received. So thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, you move on to the next round. Um, this this one is uh, d- divisive and uh, very must, divisive. Must, must need an answer. So, um, Damien Oliver, who who's better, Teeks or Tyler? Oh, geez, I, it's a photo finish. I have to call it a dead heat. This one, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna sit on the fence here, guys. You've both done pretty well. Oh, that's cool. Oh. How do how do we feel about that, Teeks? Not cutting it, eh? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, Dame. I'm just gonna say, Damien. Um, our father, um, my father, and 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 you are friends. So uh, surely that just gives me just a little, uh, a little edge. Tick, Tyler. You got you got the tick, mate. Good yeah. on you. <laughs> That's a tick, for Tyler. And, oh, and finally, um, Damien Oliver, tell us a silly story. Oh, silly story. Um, it's an interesting one. Oh, well. Oh, it's, I don't know if it's silly, but I once had lunch with the Queen, um, oh. Oh. Her Majesty the Queen at uh, Government House in Australia, and um, we got chatting. She loves the racing. We're sitting down, and no one was making conversation. It was uh, it was quite a few of us there. It was, wasn't just <laughs> me, obviously. It was Kathy Freeman. There was um, the Governor, the Lord Mayor, the Premier, and no one's sort of you know wanting to make conversation. I'll bugger this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the first question. I said, "Excuse me, Your Majesty. I'm going over to." 
Royal Ascot to ride this year. Is there any chance you might have a ride there for me? And she said, oh, I don't know if I've got one fast enough for you, but I'll see what I can do. So, uh, <laughs> so that was probably my, my, one of my weirdest conversations I've probably had. And, and wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I think the dog's going off in the background. Um, <laughs> Damien Oliver, thank you very much for joining us on Innuendo. It's been an absolutely great experience. Good oh. on you guys. Thanks for that. Uh, uh, our, our pleasure, and uh, all the best, all the best with your your race rides uh, tomorrow, and all the best for the upcoming spring carnival. Again, it's been an absolute pleasure having you join us. Good on you guys. All the best for the podcast. Thank Thanks, you. Mate. See you guys. Wow. Now we mentioned two words at the start of the show. I think relief was one, and excitement was the other. I think rattled is well and truly needs to be thrown in amongst the mix. Definitely. Can we, in, we, in, incompetence <laughs> from, our, from our end. Frustration and um, plan B, C and D. Should we, we'll get to that in a second. I think we just need to quickly sum up that amazing chat with Damien. Don't you, don't you reckon? I think we should. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, God, how, firstly, how, how fantastic and how fortunate we are to uh, to welcome Damien onto the podcast today. That was that was simply awesome. What a man! And gee, the the career of a jockey is certainly an interesting one, isn't it? Hundred um, percent. Obviously, you, your old man Jeff, is a jockey, uh, so you know better than anyone the life of a jockey. So, obviously, um, I've I've got to know Jeff pretty well over the journey. Mm. Uh, your grandfather's also a jockey, so you absolutely understand uh, the commitment it is. But Damien um, just exemplified that. The outside looking mm. in, everyone can can see the dangers, the weight loss, just the the commitment to be there at three o'clock in the morning for track work. Um, and then with Damien ha- literally having to to move across the country as a, a teenager to pursue his uh, his dream of being a jockey, that's just testament to to the man he he is. And um, but then not only that, to be ba- what. Would you say the best jockey Australia has seen in at least a long time? For a long time, Damien Oliver's name is just synonymous with racing. Yeah. So so when you think, I mean, every racing person acknowledges and realises how good Damien is. And he's just been so good for so long. Mm. And even people that aren't really infatuated with the racing industry, you hear the name Damien Oliver and you know where that name comes from. Yeah. And he really is a um, a bit of a trailblazer for, for jockeys of the future, I think. 100%. He's been, he's been riding for more than 30 years. He's at 49 years of age, which um, you know better than anyone. That's, that's a long time to be oh, a jockey. It is. <laughs> I, and, yeah, it's, it's such, a, such a unique industry, like, to start so young as mm. well. At that competitive level, uh, he started in 1988, and <laughs> I wasn't born for seven years. No. Um, he wrote his first Melbourne Cup winner the year I was born. Wow. And, and it's still unbelievably relevant in the field. Definitely. Definitely. So, and yeah, yeah the, to, to be able to do it for such a long period of time and, and still be, yeah, so successful is, is a credit to him. Um, and yeah, what a, what a privilege to have him on the podcast today. Definitely. Um, a couple of things I, I, I really loved out of that chat. Um, mm. you know, obviously, the racing insight is amazing uh, from someone who, who doesn't know uh, the inside of, of racing myself. But I, I loved the, the chat about the cup, the movie yeah. that he was, um, was based on his life um, and, and his brother. 
that that was that was so interesting to hear because uh, he said uh, that he, he he doesn't like talking about himself. Mm-hmm. Imagine having to spend months and months literally talking about yourself, um, and and then having a movie shown uh, about your life. That for one is a great movie. I, I love that movie, and to to hear that from him um, and how. Yeah, his, his uh, involvement in that was, was really special. And the other thing I took out of it was, um, gosh, uh, how about Damien's just name-dropping towards the end there? The Queen? Oh. <laughs> Kathy Freeman? <laughs> it's good company, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly a pretty amazing individual. And, yeah, I, I took so much out of that conversation. I don't even really know <laughs> what my favourite part was. Um, there's, yeah, there's just so many amazing things he's accomplished. So I, I think... Just his passion for the industry is mm. um, is obviously clearly yep. very evident, and you know he he mentioned that he he wants to stay involved in racing upon eventual retirement, whenever that may be. His passion for the Melbourne Cup as well, really That's hoping pretty special. To yeah, him. yeah, it's 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 obviously very special to him, and he's had some very emotional moments tied in with that. Of course, with the, the tragic passing of his brother um, shortly before he he rode to. Damien Road to victory on Media Puzzle in the Melbourne Cup in 2002. And as we mentioned in the pod, what an emotional moment that, that is in Australian sport. So That's a famous moment in Australian sport, isn't it? Oh. And Damien's got his fist up as he passes the line. Um, that moment is, is just absolutely special on the biggest stage in Australian sport. Mm, yeah, it's... Pretty substantial, isn't it? Mm. There was a bloody movie made about it. That's mm. that's that's how amazing that that was. Everyone was going for him that day. That's for sure. Mate, um, he was even he was even in an episode of Kath and Kim. He, he wasn't. He didn't actually <laughs> appear in it, but some someone was playing him. Wow! And when you've made it onto Kath and Kim, um, that's just pretty. Uh, yeah. Pretty significant. Yeah, Damien Oliver and Shane Warne um, on yes. Kath and Kim. Just that, that's as big as it gets. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now we need to just have a little bit of a debrief on the trials and just oh, tribulation just... going on. And must thank Damien for his patience <laughs> because it certainly uh, was tested. Yeah, definitely was tested. Shit. And just n- none of this was our fault. No. <laughs> How hard is it to get? Um, <laughs> oh, no, you know what? It was, it was probably our fault. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh my goodness, we had to change are we, are we podcast a, platforms. Yeah, are we taking ownership here because it's the second time it's happened? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not taking any ownership. No. We, we, we had to change podcast platforms. We were about 30 minutes late um, to start because of these problems. Um, it was uh, You had to tell Damien to um, go and change rooms. I'm cancelling the subscription <laughs> very soon to the... Uh, the, the podcast the, yeah, platform in question. Yeah, the aforementioned um, podcast platform yep. that just simply would not work. <laughs> no. So, um, no, so, gee whiz, that maybe was Maybe an angry tough. feedback message I might send them. Yeah. They'll be hearing from me, don't you worry. They've, <laughs> they've fleeced over $100 from me. So, Ooh. tell you what, I might just uh, just uh, scream down the, th- down the <laughs> phone tomorrow. Wow, wait. Um, no, mo- no, I mo- won't do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, big news in Australian sport today, yeah, wasn't there? Just, I'd, this is um, very... A lot of people will be listening to this, um, probably maybe not expecting us to touch on it. But um, yeah, news did break today and I'm going to bring this in because I really want to just um, put you on the back foot to some degree. Okay. Obviously, Alistair Clarkson and Hawthorne, I assume mutually, setting an end date for his... His uh, role as head coach of the Hawthorne Football Club and uh, Sam Mitchell to take over as of 2023. 
Yes. The Clarkson era is finished. <laughs> Done. Never be. It won't, it won't come back. <laughs> when finished. you try to, to stamp your authority and you just oh, completely screw it up and uh, let ra- me off the hook. I'm still rattled. I'm, not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good right now, but rattled. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Good, but rattled. No, we, um, we need to go have dinner in a minute. Yes, the Clarkson era is over. Finito. How, how do I feel about this? So, obviously, this happened today. So, that this um, we, we had to record this podcast today, uh, which is why we're talking about it um, today, even which though is, it happened in... Which is last week yep, now, last as week. you were listening. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure whatever I say is going to be updated, but I, I need to get this, uh, just, um, yeah, get, get on top of this now. What a sad day for the AFL and for Hawthorne. Well, probably a lot of AFL supporters are cheering this day. Because it might not be a sad day for the AFL, because Clarko might be back at another club. That would be shocking. That would be great, I reckon. <laughs> Become a career coach. Yes, well, uh, Malthouse style. Mm. I don't I don't want that to happen. Um, no, would it? He would be lost to the game, wouldn't he, if he never coached again? What's your thoughts on that? Definitely. He is he's the greatest coach I've ever witnessed since mm. I've been an AFL supporter. Yeah. I, I, I see him I see him returning to the AFL fold, but mm. I don't see it happening kind of uh, in the near future, I feel mm. like he'd probably correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he'd probably take a couple of years and then maybe come back to a big club. Yeah. So what I, I listened to the press conference today. His plan, um, as it's been laid out uh, by the club, was to to not renew uh, his his contract. I believe mutually decided, um, and to bring Sam Mitchell in. He said he's got a, a son who's finishing year twelve at the moment. Um, so. His oh sorry, finishing next year. Um, so his contract will finish at at the end of next year when his son is finished uh, year finishing year twelve, and then he said I'm basically going to take at twelve months off uh, at, at least and just see where where we end up. Um, I don't know. It, when I first heard this news, I was quite devastated actually because he has been Hawthorne for uh, he will be a Hawthorne for eighteen years as head coach, um, four premierships as he said. The greatest coach, or definitely of the modern era, um, mm. probably got an argument of all time as well. And for him to be leaving Hawthorne's an incredibly sad day. Um, I did he- hear that Collingwood was mentioned as maybe a a bit of a reason as to why they've acted on this. Buckley has left Collingwood, um, and I guess that sparked Hawthorne mm. to think about their future. Hawthorne's probably not in the position to win a flag in the next five years and we need a coach who's going to be here in five years time and in 10 years time to see that next wave of of Hawthorne success and if if that's what the the decision that the club's made I, I back that decision because they obviously see mm. Sam Mitchell as the absolute number one man for the job lock him in early that's how we see it just hours after the the news has been uh, broken but Either way, it's a sad and emotional day to be a Hawthorne supporter because um, not, like none of those four flags happen without Alistair Clarkson. Definitely not. Are you kind of happy, though, that someone from inside that, that dynasty is taking over the reins in Sam Mitchell rather than an outsider coming in and trying to bring something new into the club. You've got Sam Mitchell there who can kind of maybe just build on what has been. Mm. Um, I've always thought that if you're going to change your coach, you want to get someone new and outside. It um, works for Sydney because 
they obviously had Paul Ruse and John Longmire was mm. um, his two IC essentially yeah. for for a long time. And then he mm. took over and won a flag two years later. So it can work. It obviously can work. It didn't work it, really straight away at Collingwood. Yeah, um, it, it it hasn't worked a lot in the most recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, Melbourne's obviously yet to prove whether that's worked, and a few other examples. Obviously, Collingwood they did make a grand final, but a premiership didn't come from it. Geelong they did win a grand final with Chris Scott, and so it, it, the, the record is um, is is certainly fifty fifty at, at best. So. But look, they clearly are very confident that Sam Mitchell's the right man. Therefore, so am I. Look, I, they, they wanted to lock him in. Uh, he has been to West Coast and come back. He's a Hawthorne man. That that question can't be answered until you know he's at least mm. two or three years into the job. And we'll, we'll see whether it's the right decision then. But right now, I think they've, they've made the right decision because Clarko can't go on forever. No. 18 years is a long time to be in a, a head coaching role. Definitely. Um, so, snap decision, I think right decision. When did he start at Hawthorne? Was it 2003? 2005 was his first oh, year. 2005. So, yeah, yeah we'll be 18 by the time yeah. he yeah. finishes up. Yeah. So, God, it's tough. It's very, uh, very raw. Uh, only happened a few hours ago. So, yeah, are you going to be yeah. able to sleep tonight? Oh, yep, soundly. Uh, especially after the... Um, the situation we've been through. The mental the past, fatigue. Yeah, the mental fatigue over the last hour. Um, I might yes. have to pull over on the drive home and just have a <laughs> bit of a power nap. Definitely. Just regroup a tad. Definitely. All right, well, um, we will not be back next week. No, we're not. It, we have, it, this has taken that much out of us tonight <laughs> that we are having an extended break. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we are um, having a good hard look at ourselves in the mirror. Yep. Um, and coming back bigger and better. No, we we just we just wanted to take a break, didn't yeah, we? Absolutely, yeah. So we're having a mid-season break. We're having one week off. It's going to be w- w- very well received on my end. Um, yeah, me too. I can't wait. What are you going to do in the, with a week off from the podcast? No idea. No, I'm just going to sit on my couch on Monday, I think. And you could what, just... start drive to survive. I could. Um, that's certainly on the list of things to watch. No, it's not. <laughs> Is it? It's on the list, okay, absolutely. Very good. I'll check in when we come back. Very good, mate. No, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we've had such a we've had a really good first half of the year. Yeah, certainly. Gosh, we've had some great guests. Dylan Holmes was was one of them, um, international soccer player, uh, representing Australian Matildas uh, earlier this year. Also plays so- soccer in Sweden, which is where we uh, we spoke to her a couple of months ago. How bloody good was that? That was that was fantastic. We we also had Marty Matner join us on the podcast, and oh <laughs> oh boy, that was just so good. Loved having Marty on. Swans Premiership player, 200 gamer, just really awesome to have him join us. And and then we had Abe. We had Abe. Yeah, we had Abe. He came in and... Um, did his thing. Did his thing. He did what Abe does. And yep. um, yeah, I think we're better off for it. <laughs> Unsure. Good to have him. Love him. That was great. And then, of course, tonight... Damien Oliver. Damien Oliver. Sensational. Just um, a champion in every sense of the word. So if you haven't listened to any of those podcast episodes just go back and and check them out they're all very easily accessible through spotify or apple podcasts and mate we've got big things to come as well we sure do Uh, of course get around us on facebook and instagram as well our videos are are up there every week and also our other other graphics so um please send us a a follow a like a review and um a subscription that would be excellent can i just say i really enjoy doing this with you as well Oh, thank it's, you very much, uh, it's, mate. It's great fun. No, it is good fun. I'm going to be lost a bit next week. Yeah, yeah. I, I, 
yeah, it's been one of the best decisions I reckon I've made to start up this podcast with you and I can't wait to see what we achieve in the future as we continue just to, just to grow and find ourselves in all sorts of situations. Absolutely. Domination, that's what we do. It certainly is. <laughs> Excellent. All right, see you in a couple of weeks. See you guys.